Welcome, my friends, welcome. You are listening to the Corbett Report. Unfortunately, what you are about to hear is all true and documented fact. For a documentation list with links to all of the audio clips in this documentary, please visit my homepage, www.corbettreport.com. That's C-O-R-B-E-T-T report.com. Thank you. They really aren't. Thanks very much, Mr. Clark. Aren't you two forgetting something? Well, you build in. Pascal and, and Joel from Rob the People. New rule, crazy people who still think the government brought down the Twin Towers in a controlled explosion have to stop pretending that I'm the one who's being naive. How big a lunatic do you have to be to watch two giant airliners packed with jet fuel slam into buildings on live TV, igniting a massive inferno that burned for two hours, and then think, well, if you believe that was the cause? <laughs> Stop asking me to raise this ridiculous topic on the show and start asking your doctor if Paxil is right for you. <laughs> Bob Bear, you, you were 20 years a CIA field operative in Europe and the Middle East, uh, quit the agency in 1999. Uh, in your opinion, was there, I mean, and we just learned now here that Judy Miller could have blown the 9-11 story in July of 2001, and that might have caused it not to have happened. Is, was there, were there folks with inside the United States government who would profit tremendously, press politically rather than financially, but whatever, who would profit from 9-11, who worked to allow 9-11 to happen? Well, let me put it this way. A lot of people have profited from 9-11. You are seeing great fortunes made, um, whether they're on the stock market or selling weapons or just contractors. Great fortunes are being made. I mean, you can't even touch property prices in Washington, D.C., um, and you have to ask that question, you know, is it possible to profit from 9-11 and hide it? Yes. I've talked to accounting firms. I know the way it's done, layered accounts. Um, what about political profit? I mean, there are those who suggest that George W. Bush and or Cheney, Rumsfeld, Fife, Wolfowitz, Pearl, some, somebody in that chain of command or in that, in that cabal, had pretty good knowledge that 9-11 was going to happen and really didn't do much to stop it or even obstructed efforts to stop it because they thought that it would lend legitimacy to Bush's, uh, what at that point in, in 2001 was a failing presidency. Absolutely. I mean, you know, you, you look, you, what we're doing is we're looking at motivation. I mean, right. how can you, with the intelligence we knew that, that indicted Saudi Arabia and Iran, how can you go to war with Iraq and lie about the connections between bin Laden and um, and Saddam, that was an out-and-out lie. You know, they, I mean, they knew that there was no connection. They knew the connection was, as I said, with Iran and Saudi Arabia. So what is going on in their minds? And as they sold this war to us on false, well, false information. Well, you're the guy who was in the business. I mean, what was going through their minds? There was, this is what, you know, we'd blow the house down. This is what they wanted to do. They needed a pretext to go into to Iraq. This is what you're speculating about in your novel. We're talking with Robert Baer. He's the author of a new novel, Blow the House Down. Uh, his first nonfiction. This is your first fiction book, isn't it? First fiction. Yeah. yeah. It's very perilous, it. very perilous waters, by the way, fiction. Yeah. yeah. I, I can tell you, having, having written some of it myself. Not something that people like to read, you know, on, you know, Sunday afternoon as they're relaxing. Yeah. See No Evil and Sleeping with the Devil is previous books. And so are, are you just, you know, Personally, of the opinion, I mean, not obviously you can't speak for the CIA or your your previous activities with the agency, but are you of the opinion that there was an aspect of inside job to 9/11 within the U.S. government? There's that possibility. The evidence points at it. And why is it not being investigated? Why isn't the WMD story being investigated? Why isn't why hasn't anybody been held accountable for 9/11? Um, I mean, you know, we, we held people accountable after Pearl Harbor. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, why has there been no change of command? Why has there been no political repercussions? Why has there been no um, any sort of exposure on this? It, it really well, makes you wonder. Yeah, those are all good questions. Do you have any answers for any of them? 
I don't have any answers, but there are answers out there. I see, I've got pieces of the story, and this is what I did in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and bring, blow the house this, down. bring this out and blow the house down. I bring this out in fiction, which is why so many people are really irritated in Washington at me. He's the T-Rex of political talk. Alex Jones on the GCN Radio Network. He's a best-selling author concerning government involvement in 9-11 in Germany. Andres von Bülow, born in 1937 in Dresden. He's a German writer, lawyer, and former SPD politician. He's been working on books about intelligence agencies, including In the Name of the State, and many other uh, publications, political career. He served as State Secretary in the German Federal Ministry of Defense and Minister of Research and Technology, both during Chancellor Helmut Schmidt's administration and was regarded, again, as the rising star of German politics. He also served 25 years as an SPD member of the German Parliament. Since uh, commencing his writing career, he has uh, largely left the SPD's political loop, according to the encyclopedia I'm reading. We'll see if that's accurate. And uh, during his time in the Bundestag, he served, that's their legislature, their parliament, on the Parliamentary Intelligence Committee. This work led him into his subsequent writing career. And on 9-11, he wrote the CIA on September 11th, in which he alleges U.S. government complicity in the September 11th, 2001 attacks. A quote uh, from the book, Planning the attacks was a master deed in technical and organized terms. The uh, hijack of four big airliners with a few minutes and flying them into targets with a single hour and doing so uh, in complicated flight routes. This is unthinkable without backing from secret uh, support by state and industry. And it goes on. And he joined us several years ago. And that interview, the transcript of that and the subsequent article is one of the most read pieces on Infowars.com and PrisonPlanet.com. So we're now joined by Andres Von Bulow. Again, Andres, thank you for joining us. Mm-hmm. Uh, please uh, recap for stations that just joined us, what you said in the last few minutes. Tell us about yourself and then how you woke up, uh, why you have uh, expertise in understanding intelligence and terrorism, and then let's plunge right into 9-11. Well, uh, you have... Um, um uh, at least, uh, you have fundamentally four options to declare what was going on on 9-11. The first option is uh, that it was a strike out of the blue. Nobody knew anything about it. It was hidden before all the, the, the intelligence agencies of the United States and around the world. And uh, then uh, the, the horrible thing happened on, on 9-11. This was... The first, uh, the, the first declaration of the, of, of the administration, they knew, they didn't knew anything, they couldn't imagine that, uh, 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 airplanes could be hijacked and, uh, and uh, steered into a building like, uh, like, uh, the, the two towers. Uh, and the Pentagon. The second option is uh, that uh, they, they knew, the intelligence community knew quite a lot, the FBI and the CIA, uh, but uh, they, unfortunately they were not able to bring it together to a whole picture. Um, and uh, this is, I think, the position now of the Independent Commission and of the administration. Uh, the CIA had, uh, I think, 14 of these 19 people under control before, uh, but uh, didn't tell the FBI. The FBI had the others under control or knew about them, but they couldn't bring the picture together. Uh, so this is a kind of uh, horrible negligence on the on the as, uh, administration on, on the administra- administrative level. Excuse me. Uh, the third option is uh, let it happen. They knew that something would uh, is, is planned, and they didn't interfere in order to use uh, this thing as a pretext uh, to uh, well control, uh, bring control around the globe uh, in different positions, especially in the the oil fields uh, of the Near East, and uh, in uh, trying to bring bases uh, against China for the next uh, next decades, uh, seeing a conflict coming about, and the. The fourth option is uh, it was a deliberate act of the, of the administration or a small part of the administration, in very much insider-like, 
and they brought about this horrible attack in order to swing the public opinion from uh, from non-intervention uh, into um, into a situation where the public is supporting uh, well what we now have uh, a third or fourth world war against terrorism against as Cheney said and Bush against 60 states which are uh, uh, are supporting terrorism. And uh, I found out that between the third and the fourth option, probably you have to decide. And um, the very strange thing is that that the administration did a lousy, extremely lousy job in finding out what really happened on 9-11. Nobody uh, was found responsible for what happened on 9-11 that you couldn't. The administration was not able to protect these 3,000 people which died on on 9-11. I heard you being interviewed uh, by Tarpley a few weeks ago, and you went even further than you had a few years ago on this broadcast, saying clearly that the fourth option, all the evidence that you look at, shows that, uh, that, that that is the most probable. I mean, boil it down for us with your intelligence background, uh, with your uh, Minister of Defense there in the Parliament background, with your background as Technology Minister. Uh, I mean, clearly, sir, you believe, or is this false, that 9-11 had to be an inside job just from the scientific evidence alone. Yeah, uh, if you look at it, well, if the if the government would be uh, free to discover what really happened and show uh, the, the and and try to find out uh, how things happened, uh, one could believe that they were they were uh, not part of the whole uh, business. But if you look at the scenery, you find uh, that uh, the f- first first of all, the World Trade Center consists of uh, I think seven seven different uh, uh, edifices or houses or uh, huge buildings, Uh, not only the North and South Tower. World Trade Center number seven was a 48 or 47 store high um, building. It was destroyed uh, without without any airplane touching it. Uh, at the afternoon of 9-11, and uh, the owner or the leaser of the building said, we tore it down. Uh, so, and if you look at the pictures you find and the videos, you find that it's, uh, it's going on in, in the free fall. You know, in eight or six, six seconds, a huge building, a skyscraper, is, is, uh, is uh, uh, falling down on its footprint. It's, it's totally impossible. Few, few fires were over the day. Uh, um, uh, indicating that there was something inside, but it was not not strong enough to destroy the building. Is it fair to say? Is it fair to say, Andres Fambulo, that uh, if you look at all the evidence, 9/11 could only be an inside job, and that the official story is a fable? Yeah, because uh, because uh, the the official story is so wrong, it must be an inside job. If the official sto- story would uh, tell the reality, uh, what has gone on on 9/11, if they could could tell the people why the whole military apparatus didn't work on 9/11, no fighter plane on uh, on the uh, on did uh, t- t- take off in the right mm-hmm. time, uh, no uh, of these air air carriers were stopped or, or, or derogated uh, before. So, um, well, the I government, think... what about the drills of the same targets being hit same time? What about public officials warned not to fly? What about CIA insider trading? What about Bush signing W199 yeah. and ordering you, the FBI? You had, you had this insider trading before. Um, uh, you had FinCEN, uh, the, the secret services of the financial apparatus in the United States, uh, they have a, a special software program to to follow the stock markets, and if the stock market has very strange movements, uh, immediately they take care of this, and they had a lot of tapes, tape recording, and uh, the lawyers of, I think, FinCEN told the people, destroy these tapes. So you do, you do, don't have ta- uh, proof of this. They also, they also ran off with the flight recorders. They also shredded the FAA tapes. Everything, everything. So nothing. Normally, the flight recorders are constructed to 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 survive this kind of impact, and you normally find them. They were discovered. They were. I mean, we now have firefighters saying they found them. Some some were discovered. 
but you don't you don't know if there is no independent control what is on the flight recorders you you can you can tell the truth uh, Andre Famulo, do you think that we're in danger of the same uh, criminal group that carried out the attack carrying out another attack because their entire agenda is stalling right now? Well, the problem is that the Bush administration is in uh, now deep, deeply defensive, and uh, probably they would like to to come out uh, in a new offense and uh, taking up uh, the fight uh, fight against terrorism or so-called terrorism. It's for me, it's a wonder how in ten years you can replace the Soviet Union with an with an enemy which is much more mightful than the than the Soviet Union any uh, at any time was because you are. Spending now, I think, more than $400 billion per year. One of my experiences in the Army was being in charge of the Army's imagery interpretation for scientific and technical intelligence during the Cold War. I measured pieces of Soviet equipment from photographs was my job. I look at the hole in the Pentagon and I look at the size of an airplane that was supposed to have hit the Pentagon and I said the plane does not fit in that hole. So what did hit the Pentagon? What hit it? Where is it? What's going on? My name is Indira Singh. I live and work um, at Ground Zero. On the morning of, sep of September the 11th, I was supposed to be on the 106th floor of the World Trade Center at a risk conference that a company by the name of Risk Waters was putting on. I was late that morning. In many ways, I think that my life was spared, and I get to do this today on their behalf. It is my privilege to think that. Um, I am a I, prior to 9-11, I was a civilian EMT. And when the planes hit, I called my job and I said I had just turned into an EMT. I changed my clothes and I headed down to the site. As night fell on September 11, 2001, I was on triage duty on the edge of the pile. That's a picture of me. Um, I think I had been injured at that point, but I was not a happy camper. None of us were because we, a lot of us were wondering where all the help was. Those of us who were right on the pile were in dire straits. In any case, um, Rescue workers transported, were transporting body parts as fast as they could, wherever they could, mainly to the triage sites, and they were placing what they found anywhere, including on the floor next to me. It was clear to me, and I'm sorry I have to make this graphic, but the truth, 9-11 has been so sanitized, I think it, it needs to be understood that most had, had died horrific deaths, and we were seeing evidence of what some had been through on the flights. I made a promise to something I saw there that if anything fell into my lap, I would not look the other way. I would do whatever I could to prevent such a horror from happening again. After a week, I returned fairly injured to what was left of my contaminated neighborhood and my life. I had a good life. I did risk at J.P. Morgan Chase. Just to take a break from all the heavy stuff, what I do um, was to devise a way to monitor everything going on in a very large company to stop big problems from happening. There's that little cloud there and my very bizarre picture of how I uh, think about this problem. It's, I am a person who was merging two disciplines, risk management and something called enterprise architecture, which is um, fairly esoteric, but at the end of the day, we seek to prevent large problems from happening anywhere in a large global enterprise. At J.P. Morgan, I was working on the next generation risk blueprint, which is all about how to prevent these things from happening, bad business practice such as money laundering, road trading, and massive computer failures, anything you could imagine would go wrong. I had a lot of leeway consulting as a senior risk 
architect to think out of the box and actually get my ideas implemented. I was funded out of a strategic fund. I reported to the directors, and I was pretty happy. JP Morgan thought very highly of me, and they were thinking of funding in conjunction with my project in DC, the next generation risk software. What I needed to do what I did was a really smart piece of software, really, really smart. Um, its job would be to think about all the information, and this is where, I, this is where you may connect a dot. The job of this software would be to think about all the information that represented what was going on in the enterprise at any given time as bank business was being transacted worldwide. For example, it would, it's a, it would be a surveillance software that would look for trading patterns that, in, that indicated someone was up to no good and then do something about it, send a message somewhere, send the transaction information somewhere, perhaps shut their system down, perhaps shut another system down, perhaps start something else up elsewhere. This kind of capability is very, very essential in today's world. However, this kind of software is not found in Microsoft or not even in IBM. A small group of very esoteric software companies make this kind of enterprise software and it is very pricey. So you can't afford to pick wrong. And I asked all my colleagues who are industry gurus, what would they recommend for this? My buddies recommended P-Tech. And my buddies and JP Morgan were also evaluating P-Tech. And why not P-Tech? What you see on the screen is a list, is a very prestigious list of P-Tech's client. P-Tech is a very small software company located in Quincy, Massachusetts. Um, they put out this kind of software product that I was talking about, and it has an artificial intelligence core. P-Tech assured me that they had something called clearances, so I figured there'd be no problem getting them clear to come into J.P. Morgan Chase to evaluate our very confidential risk plans for the future, how we would stop money laundering in the future, for instance. IBM told me that they were planning on making P-Tech a special global partner. With IBM standing next to the small vendor P-Tech, I was pretty excited that I was on the right track. There was no problem getting P-Tech cleared through security to come visit and talk serious business. They were with me for 20 minutes before I suspected something was not, not right. So I called my colleagues. They told me to talk to ex-P-Tech and P-Tech employees right away, but they told me something even more ominous. They said, do not let them out of your sight and don't let them take anything from the bank. So. With P-Tech people standing still feet away from me, they told me a hair-raising story of P-Tech's myriad connections to terrorism. First, to the person you see in this picture who was placed on the U.S. terror list in October 2001. His name is Yasin Qadi, a Saudi businessman. It's the one the arrow is pointing towards. I thought these people were kidding or they were setting up a play for P-Tech's business with J.P. Morgan. I insisted on proof and documentation I went to two states to collect it, including this and other pictures. I also spoke with the Boston FBI, where they said they had reported this nine months earlier, just weeks after the attack. This was the end of May 2002. At the very same time, I am discovering this about PTEC because their meeting with me and J.P. Morgan Chase was at the ending of May. At the very same time, on May 30, 2002, Agent Robert Wright of the Chicago FBI at a congressional hearing appeared on the steps of the Capitol and burst into tears apologizing to the 9-11 families, stating his investigation into terrorism financing had been repeatedly shut down and he had been censured for pushing it. Actually, his investigation was exactly into Yasin Qadi, whom he called bin Laden's banker. Wright's investigation was shut down in the late 90s. He stated if he had been able to continue and shut down the funding to Al-Qaeda, 9-11 may not have happened. His original quote was, it would not have happened. When you show up to work within line of sight of ground zero and shake hands with some group the FBI agent said had financed it, what exactly is the playbook? And there was more, like the Ginsu knife commercial. 
For me, something big had fallen into my lap. I had to make some decisions. Agent Wright said his investigation into the founders and financiers of P-TECH and their financing shell, something called BMI, was also shut down. Well, BMI, which is in the first column, stands for Baitul Mal, which later turned out to be a front for Hamas and Al-Qaeda. Little uh, interesting point here, Governor Kane did a $24 million land deal with a sub of BMI, 3% of which of the commission went back to um, BMI, and uh, around the same time, some of his New Jersey citizens were being blown up in Israel by Hamas. I do not say that allegedly because um, this has been reported in a Department of Treasury uh, report, which happened to fall into my hands. The people who started BMI were exactly the same who started PTEC, and in fact, the chief scientist was the one I shook hands with uh, just uh, when, I, when, I, when they came down to J.P. Morgan Chase. In fact, he was the one who made me suspicious based on some behavior that he was exhibiting at J.P. Morgan. In addition, there were references to a recent raid in Herndon, Virginia, a key target of which was Yakub Mirza and his many organizations that were accused of being terror charity friends to al-Qaeda. Yakub Mirza was on the board of PTEC. I demanded proof of that and got it. So far, we're up to three names, but wait, there's more. I went down to meet a group of the PTEC and ex-PTEC employees in uh, Virginia. I wanted to see them face to face and have them tell me this horrific story to my face and have them write down in their own hand uh, what they were telling me and provide documentation. And they did. I asked the Boston FBI to send me something that was proof this company had the terrorism connections they claimed it did and the person there did. The PTEC employees kept going on. They kept drawing diagrams for three or four days until I, I was convinced this was something out of a Tom Clancy novel. If what indeed they were saying was true, this company needed to be stopped now before they did damage elsewhere. By the time they were finished drawing their diagrams, there were 17 names linked to terrors. The glaring question was, why wasn't PTEC shut down? Was there an ongoing investigation? Did the FBI just not get it? Or was someone being protected? What do you do when the Boston FBI tells you, Indira, you are in a better position than I am to get real documentation on the situation with PTEC, so please keep doing what you're doing? Who do you call? <coughs> Four days after September 11, I got this phone call, and they said they really needed my services, and they had completed the background check. And when I could, uh, when could I, when could I start? There were all these documents, there were all these audio tapes that needed to be translated. There were all these people who had been detained, and they needed to interrogate them. And most of these people didn't speak English. Our first effort is to identify any associates related to the hijackers. Victory will come over time. And at that point, the chaos of that time period with September 11, and, you know, it was, how could you say no? A former FBI translator with top-secret clearance says she testified before the 9-11 Commission that the FBI did have information that an attack using airplanes was planned before September 11th. Sybil Edmonds is a Turkish-American who's been a citizen for 10 years. She speaks fluent Farsi, Turkish, and Arabic. She began working for the FBI on September 20, 2001, where she was assigned to translate documents seized by agents in its post-9-11 probe. We turn now to Sybil Edmonds. Welcome to Democracy Now! Thank you. Good morning, Amy. It's good to have you with us. Well, what about this claim uh, that both President Bush has made and Condoleezza Rice has made, saying that they had no information about an imminent domestic threat involving airplanes? Well, uh, Amy, for past two years, I have testified several times for the Department of Justice Inspector General 
uh, for the Senate Judiciary Committee. And a few months ago, I testified behind closed doors for uh, the 9-11 Commission. And um, as I stated before, to just come out and say and state that uh, we had no specific information whatsoever, that would be an outrageous lie. Uh, President Bush, I guess he made a smart move because he also added that they did not have any specific information stating that the attack was going to occur on September 11th. But uh, Ms. Rice's statement that we had no specific information is uh, inaccurate. Looking specifically at the op-ed piece that Condoleezza Rice wrote in the Washington Post on March 22nd, she said, Despite what some have suggested, we received no intelligence that terrorists were preparing to attack the homeland using airplanes as missiles, though some analysts speculated the terrorists might hijack airplanes to try to free U.S.-held terrorists. The FAA even issued a warning to airlines and aviation security personnel that, quote, the potential for a terrorist operation such as an airline hijacking to free terrorists incarcerated in the United States remains a concern, unquote. Well, uh, I would say not only that we had a specific information, we had several specific information as early as April 2001. And many of this information has been public already. Uh, I mean, you look at what uh, Agent Rowley provided. You look at Phoenix Memo. Uh, the investigations that I, I worked at after 9-11, retranslating certain uh, documents related to certain uh, investigations, uh, that is the reason I'm saying this is absolutely inaccurate. We had not one, but we had many specific informations, and uh, this information was not maybe investigated uh, under uh, counterterrorism because uh, it's very difficult to separate these issues when uh, you have a, a criminal investigation, a money laundering investigation, drug-related investigations that, that actually have uh, major information regarding uh, 9-11 uh, incident. And uh, to say that they would be mostly under counterterrorism would be a wrong assumption, too. Sybil Edmonds, can you explain exactly why you've come to these conclusions? What exactly was your job? Well, um, my job was uh, translating documents and various documents, audios, and also interviews uh, that had to do with uh, various investigations. Again, not only counterterrorism, but counterintelligence and criminal investigations. And during this short tenure that I had over there, I uh, became aware of uh, several investigations that were ongoing investigations dating back to year or what, some of them actually years before 9-11 that contained significant amount of information about various activities. And I would like to emphasize again, we are talking about money laundering activities directed toward this uh, terrorist activities. We are looking at counterintelligence activities. So, uh, as I said, it is not categorized under counterterrorism. This information was pouring in, dating back as early as uh, 2000. Sybil Edmonds, can you explain what exactly you did? I mean, you took a job on, was it September 20th, 2001? Correct. And where did you work? I worked for Washington Field Office, FBI's Washington Field Office uh, Translation Department, and they have the largest translation department in the country. So because we were the largest, uh, we received information, again, in various formats from uh, all over the country. Now, when you say you received information, what is it that you were handed? Um, uh, Transcripts of wiretapped phone conversations, what? Well, I cannot uh, specifically answer this question. As you're aware, I am under gag order. <laughs> uh, however, as I said, in various forms, and uh, as I said uh, again, it, uh, I did interviews, I did documents, I did audios, and this is as specific as I'm allowed to get in terms of the format of this, uh, these information. And you translated them? Correct. Into English? Correct. Had some of them been translated before? Uh, yes, many of them, actually. 
by who? Uh, by various translators previously. And uh, agents from different field office felt like uh, that this information was either inaccurate or it was not precise, so they uh, felt that they needed to send these documents or uh, other formats back and have them get to be retranslated because after 9-11, they, uh, they were suspicious that the information that they received was not uh, really accurate and there was more. And in fact, in some cases, there were more. What do you mean? Well, uh, Let's say you had certain investigations and you sent certain either documents, audio, or whatever to be translated, and a certain translator translated it in, let's say, summary format and said basically that this information is not that pertinent. And after 9-11, the agent's saying, you know what, I want this thing to be retranslated again because considering 9-11 and considering this target under this investigation, we believe there was more into this, uh, let's say, document or, or audio. And uh, after translating this, uh, let's say, particular uh, document uh, verbatim, and sending back, then that is when you uh, would see the information and say, shake your head and say, how could we have missed this information before? Sybil Edmonds, what do you think would have happened if everything that you translated after September 11th had been translated fully before and accurately? I cannot confidently answer these questions because, in fact, there were information that were translated very precisely and accurately before. And somehow having that information did not uh, achieve anything either. So unfortunately, I can't say if these uh, documents were translated uh, more precise uh, previously, something would have been done. Uh, my question is, how about the ones that we had before? How about the information we had before that were pretty specific and they were pretty accurate and they came from real, reliable sources' assets. What happened to that information? That is my question, and I'm hoping that through these investigations by the 9-11 Commission, they will get to hear these questions being asked, you know, specifically and directly. On the 24th of July, 2004, the 9-11 Commission released its report. America looked to it for the truth. But not one of the report's 567 pages made any reference to Sibel's claims. Turning now to the issue of national security, my guest tonight has created a firestorm in Washington over what he says is a cover-up of vital pre-9-11 intelligence. It is the highly classified Able Danger program. And it identified Mohammed Atta and three other 9-11 terrorists as members of an Al-Qaeda cell in Brooklyn, New York, more than a year before the attacks. Congressman Kurt Weldon says the man who blew the whistle on this intelligence, Lieutenant Colonel Anthony Schaffer, is now the subject of a smear campaign by the Defense Intelligence Agency. Congressman Weldon blasted the DIA in a fiery speech on the House floor just last night. This is an attempt to prevent the American people from knowing the facts about how we could have prevented 9-11 and people are covering it up today. And they're ruining the career of a military officer to do it. And we can't let it stand. I don't care whether you're Democrat or Republican. You can't let a lieutenant colonel's career be ruined because of some bureaucrat in the Defense Intelligence Agency. If we let that happen, then no one that wears the uniform will ever feel protected. Because we will have let them down. Congressman Walden joins us now from Capitol Hill. Congressman, what prompted your call for an immediate investigation? Lou, this is so outrageous it makes me sick to my stomach as a loyal member of the Armed Services Committee supporting our military for 19 years. The intelligence agency took away Tony Schaefer's security clearance. They're now about to take away his health care benefits. He has two children and his salary because he told the right. truth. Why would the Defense Intelligence Agency want to destroy the reputation, as you point, as you point out, a decorated career uh, member uh, uh, of the United States uh, military? 
Lou, when the story is told, when the able danger story comes out, there's going to be embarrassment all over the place. The defense intelligence agency spending hundreds of millions of dollars could not do what a 20-member special team did in identifying through data mining Mohammed Atta and the Brooklyn cell one year before 9-11. Those DIA officials are still in the agency. They're still there working. And they don't want Tony Schaefer to tell the truth. They don't want Commander Scott Philpott to tell the truth because they're then going to have to answer the question, why did you ignore this? Why did you not take appropriate steps? Why did this information not be passed to the FBI? Louis Free this past Sunday said on Meet the Press that if he'd have had the able danger information, the FBI could have stopped the hijackings. That's Louis Free saying that this past Sunday. And to be clear, the suggestion is that the Pentagon stopped able danger from sharing that information with the FBI or any other agency that might have acted. Is that correct? Absolutely. It was, it was September of 2000 when it was stopped. How do you feel about the commission uh, and its reaction to able danger and the, the allegations that have been made? I'm convinced the commissioners themselves were never briefed. But what I have found out is that Scott Philpott, Philpott an Annapolis grad, who voluntarily went in and briefed a 9-11 commission staffer in July of, of uh, 2004, told the 9-11 commission staffer about able danger. That 9-11 commission staffer made a decision not to brief the commissioners. That 9-11 commission staffer was working for Jamie Gorelick, who was a member of the commission who wrote the famous memo that said they could not transfer information between the military and the FBI. The so-called wall. Yes. I flew the two actual aircraft uh, which were involved in 9-11, the flight number 175 and flight 93, the 757 that allegedly went down at Shanksville, and flight 175 is the aircraft that's uh, alleged to have hit the South Tower. I don't believe it's possible for, like I said, for a terrorist, a so-called terrorist, to train on a 172 or then jump in a cockpit of a 757-767 glass cockpit and vertical navigate the aircraft, lateral navigate the aircraft, and fly the airplane at speeds exceeding its design limit speed by well over 100 knots, make high speed to high bank turns, uh, exceeding pulling probably five, six, seven Gs, uh, and the aircraft would literally fall out of the sky. I couldn't do it, and I'm absolutely positive they couldn't do it. We know it's a war game scenario, and it has to do with airline counterterrorism. Why is it important enough to kill for? Because it's no longer a game. If some terrorist group wants to act out this scenario, why target you for assassination? Depends on who your terrorists are. The men who conceived of it in the first place. You're saying our government plans to commit a terrorist act against a domestic airline? There you go. Indicting the entire government, as usual. It's a faction. A small faction. For what possible gain? The Cold War's over, John. But with no clear enemy to stockpile against, the arms market's flat. But bring down a fully loaded 727 into the middle of New York City, and you'll find a dozen tin-pot dictators all over the world just clamoring to take responsibility and begging to be smart-bombed. I can't believe it. This is about increasing our sales. When? Tonight. How are you going to stop them? That's what it looks like. What this what? Like modem protocol. Remote access. Somebody on the ground's flying your plane. Oh, you, sir. Keep your course. I need to know our flight plan. I'm mapping the data now. Liars, your flight's gonna make an unscheduled stop in exactly 22 minutes. Corner of Liberty in Washington. Or Manhattan. World Trade Center. Crash the plane into the World Trade Center. Uh, your pilot episode. Uh, tell us about that plot. Yeah, absolutely. This was a, a pilot episode um, for the Lone Gunman, 
where the basic plot was the gunman had to stop a plane from flying into the World Trade Center uh, eight months before it actually happened. So uh, when we got the script, it said, you know, plane, World Trade Center. They filmed a uh, an entire airplane. They had a, a green mat screen, so they put the... Uh, put the shot of the New York skyline in with the plane flying directly at it. And uh, just seconds before we get computer control, we get it back to the pilots, and the pilots can pull the plane up and, and avoid hitting the World Trade Center. And part of that plot was that, uh, as it said in the script, that this was to start an international war on terror, that this was, you know, the Cold War's over, and that for the arms race to continue and keep the economy going, that they would start an international war on terror by flying the plane into the World Trade Center. I actually saw news articles where Ashcroft went to Hollywood right after 9-11 and said, no more bad uh, uh, stories on us. We want you to work with us. And then I remember hearing that uh, in a news article that Fox didn't like the government because it was anti-government. And then I remember seeing that you guys had gotten good ratings and it was a very popular series. Why cancel a winner? Yeah, well, you know, there's a, a series of reasons, including I wrote a comic book called Why the Lone Government Was Canceled because it's such an involved story that involves not just, uh, you know, bad ratings. Oh, get off the air. The ratings were good. Uh, the show was uh, fairly, you know, inexpensive. We were shooting up in Vancouver, so it wasn't about cost. Uh, Chris Carter and Fox at this point started having a, a bad relationship, so that may have played into it. But, uh, but yeah, there, there may have been a, a larger... Well, just a microcosm of that. I mean, I've been on local radio... And number one show at night against everything, making the station tons of money. And they just said, stop talking about the government, You're gonna, or you're fired. And I, I didn't shut up, and they fired me. So the, they had people lean on them. That's just at a local level. Now it's come out about hundreds and hundreds, and I'm telling you, it's thousands of reporters on government payrolls, not just in Iraq with fake news, but fake news fake, here. Hey, fake news here. And not only that, Chris Carter uh, tells a story, and I, I met the psychic, who uh, was hired by the CIA just to hang out at Hollywood parties and then go back and drop emails about what she talked about. And this was the CIA keeping tabs on producers and writers of Hollywood movies because that's the... Because a psychic with them is like they're psychologists. These people spill their guts. They spill their guts. And she went up to Chris Carter, who was at a party uh, way in the back. She said, whatever you're working on is going to make you millions of dollars. And this was before he had launched the X-Files. And he, uh, he actually uh, told that same story. Uh, collaborate. Now, also, you guys talked about the CIA, NASA, others planting ideas and scripts. And, I mean, come on. This is exactly what happened on 9-11. There is a government drill, actually five drills going on, mm -hmm. uh, 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 flying planes into the very buildings. Yep. And now that's USA Today, folks. We told you that from our sources two and a half years before it was in USA Today. Now it's admitted. Yeah. Okay, but we have this from our sources. Now it's admitted they have this drill. In the lone government pilot episode, this criminal group of the government is going to use a drill to make the rest of the government stand down, yeah. and then they're going to fly it into there to attack Afghanistan, to smart bomb the Tin Horn dictators. I mean, you cannot get any closer. I know. And then to say, oh, we had no indication that this would ever happen. This was like the government's position. There was no information that this would happen. It was everywhere. It was in your popular media. It's in your books. You know. Specifically, were you able to talk to Chris Carter and others? I mean, was that storyline planted on them? Where did they get that? Uh, they said they got it from a Tom Clancy novel. Um, I forget which one. Which it's admitted that Tom does get that from the intelligence agency. So it probably was then second or third hand. But... Uh, but There's a drill to make everybody stand down, but his book doesn't do that. That part was added. Uh, I mean, I tell you, the mathematical chance of that happening. Founded in September of 2001, the World Trade Center Unity Family Group is a nonprofit 501c3, and uh, I guess you were its founder and head. You say you represent over 7,000 people. Uh, what is the average view of those that you represent about 9-11 and the cover-up? Uh, what they want is, uh, if you want to believe the 9-11 commission story like a lot of us don't okay uh you really got to go look in the hard facts it almost looks like there was a conspiracy about 9-11 if you really look at all the facts a lot of families out feel the same way what type of conspiracy sir well i mean how do they pick september 11th itself and then you look at uh that day they have the, these norad uh, exercises that morning, and that you know, when you figure that a plane was known to uh, you know be hijacked at eight fifteen, eight twenty in that morning, the one that uh, you know murdered my son supposedly. Okay, 
or was it the explosion? Okay, how in God's name did nothing go out there? And when the and if you want to believe that the uh, Pentagon got hit an hour and a half later without Norad doing anything, or Flight ninety three at ten o three in in the uh, which is an hour and a half afterwards as well. It's hard to believe. Where was NORAD? Unless it was called, you know, a step down, don't do anything, let it happen. Well, I'm sure you're aware, sir, you're very informed that the so-called hijackers were trained at Pensacola Naval Air Station, um, Monterey Defense Language School, uh, embassy heads said that they were flagged as terrorists, and they were ordered to let them in by the CIA because they were, quote, part of a secret anti-terror operation. And uh, then you have the flights all magically at 21% occupancy. You have NORAD stand down. You have CIA drills of hijacked planes being flown into buildings on the East Coast. You have CIA-connected insider trading. And then do the Muslims have a motive to attack America and then bring the superpower down on them? Who has a motive? The PNAC document written by Dick Cheney, September 2000, says we need a Pearl Harbor event. Brzezinski Brzezinski and the Grand Chess Board, former National Security Advisor, says we need a helpful Pearl Harbor event to mobilize the American people for World War III. (laughs) Well, we'll we'll just look at another thing. We we had the FAA, and all of a sudden uh, what they do is come up with the new group, the TSA, which is probably the most corrupt group over there that uh, classifies everything. And they put it uh, put it underneath the watchful eye of uh, Mr. Chertoff on the, uh, with the uh, Department of Homeland Security. And believe it or not, I just had a 9-11 family member that got, received a matricula card from, uh, a fraudulent one, from Mexico that uses fraudulent uh, matricula card to enter and actually go on the podium and got himself in, inside the Department of Homeland Security and actually made a long speech. That's another one of my groups that are, you know, fighting illegal immigration and, and uh, what have you. Okay? And this is Department of Homeland Security, and they're, they're supposed to be overseeing our transportation and all the failures or uh, try to get some kind of uh, sense of order into our government and all these agencies. Instead, all they're, <laughs> instead all they're doing is surveilling the American people. Uh, that, that's what they're doing. Oh, yeah, well, with the, with the spying and uh, what have you. Exactly. Okay? I mean, I don't know how many times I, I've been tapped. I'm certainly I have been. Right? But uh, I just can't believe that. Uh, um, give me an idea uh, another one. Uh, there was um, a film that uh, went out there of uh, three hijackers um, beating uh, FAA or security in Washington, D.C. Okay? Well, somehow or another, someone I really know and I'm very close and dear to got a copy of that tape before it got TSA, the TSA got it, or so otherwise it would have became SSI. We released it to CBS TV. Okay? CBS played it nationally, showing how these guys beat the TSA, um, not TSA, the FAA inspections at, uh, you know, at, for security control. They failed the one. They went through the uh, the detector twice. They failed the one twice, and they actually got brought off to the side and were still allowed on those uh, planes. Okay. We've now, all seen it. The World War II vet with the oxygen tanks is screamed at and searched, <laughs> and people with huge turbans walk right on the plane. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is because nine eleven is being used to enslave us. It has nothing to do. Uh, with you know what we've been officially told, boiling it down, sir, as you know, as the leader, as the founder uh, of the largest 9/11 victims organization, you talk about a conspiracy. Who really had the motive for this? Who stands to gain? Who could really carry this out? I mean, spell it out. If you've got to point the finger at who you really think is behind 9/11, who is that? Uh, when I first uh, helped uh, sign on all these families into uh, a lawsuit called 9/11 Families to Bankrupt Terrorism, it's a trillion-dollar lawsuit trying to identify. Um, Different banks, charities, and individuals, um, uh, some of them being Saudis. George Saudi Bush's Saudi. lawyer, James Baker, blocked you. Oh, uh, James Baker, amazingly, is defending the Saudis. And, okay, Prince Bandar Bush, I call him, okay, he's actually James Baker, okay, is representing the Saudis in this lawsuit, okay? <laughs> Bill, come on. I mean, I can tell where you've gone with this. You came up without me asking it and said you thought there's a conspiracy. Bottom line, is 9-11 an inside job? Uh, from everything that I look at, I'm sure there was a lot of complicity, at least, in the least. Okay, there had to be a lot of complicity. There's, if you read and know all the facts of what
Americans aren't wimps. I mean, four punks pull out box cutters on an airplane with a bunch of men on it. They're going to be going to the morgue. Uh, exactly. <laughs> and uh, there's just such a continuing cover-up. And why don't you just let the information about 9-11 be known? And then maybe this uh, conspiracy type of thing would uh, go away. But it's never going to go away. Talking to your... I don't think it can go away because they were complicit. They were complicit, yes. Exactly. Uh, can't go away because they were complicit. The government exactly. was complicit. Uh, now, 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 looking at this, though, with your 7,000 members, I'm sure you've talked to most, if not all of them, uh-huh. run the gamut. What percentage, just guesstimation, would you say believe 9-11 is an inside job to some extent? Maybe half. I'm going to miss you, Major. You aren't ready to stay dead. You don't know the rules of the game anymore. Tell me about it. Eight years ago, this guy was on the hit list. Budget cuts, dear. Congress blinded us overseas. I was forced to turn to any eyes and ears I could find, even if that meant recruiting the quote-unquote bad guys here. Budget cuts? Is that what this is about? Operation Honeymoon? You're running a fundraiser. Fundraiser? 1993. World Trade Center bombing, remember? During the trial, one of the bombers claimed the CIA had advanced knowledge. (laughs) The diplomat who issued the terrorist visa was CIA. It's not unthinkable they paved the way for the bombing, purely to justify a budget increase. You're telling me that you're going to fake some terrorist thing just to scare some money out of Congress? Well, unfortunately, Mr. Hennessy, I have no idea how to fake killing 4,000 people. So we're just going to have to do it for real. Oh, blame it on the Muslims, naturally. Last winter, the FBI was praised for its speed in cracking the case of the World Trade Center bombing and bringing four suspects to trial. Now, there is some evidence that the FBI may have known of the plot in advance through an informant and might, might even have stopped the bombing that killed six people. Correspondent Jacqueline Adams has the story. FBI agents might have been able to prevent last February's deadly explosion at New York's World Trade Center. They discussed secretly substituting harmless powder for the explosives, but they didn't, according to the FBI's own informant, Imad Salem. Unbeknownst to the FBI at the time, Salem recorded many of his conversations with his handlers. I'm holding 903 pages of draft transcripts. William Kunzler represents Sheikh Omar Abdel Rahman and several others charged with conspiring to blow up a series of New York City landmarks four months after the World Trade Center bombing. That case has not yet gone to trial. Kunzler confirmed newspaper reports of the Salem transcripts. In one, Salem complains to an FBI agent, since the bomb went off, I feel terrible, I feel bad, I feel here is people who don't listen. The agent replies, hey, I mean, it wasn't like you didn't try and I didn't try. You can't force people to do the right thing. There is material in here to show gross governmental misconduct. Today, attorneys for the defendants in the ongoing World Trade Center bombing case formally asked for the transcripts of Salem's tapes. Quite frankly, beyond me, why uh, now the fourth week into the trial... We still don't have these materials. Prosecutors have refused to comment publicly, but legal experts say the defense may have no right to those transcripts. It's not a defense to a crime to say, if only the government had stopped me, I wouldn't have done it. So this isn't material that ordinarily the defense would be entitled to. In court today, a witness from the Ford Motor Company linked debris recovered from the explosion site to a Ford van where defendant Mohammed Salama was arrested less than a week after the bombing. Jacqueline Adams, CBS News, New York. And uh, now it's my great pleasure to introduce Dr. Bob Bowman. He's the Democratic candidate for U.S. Congress from the 15th Congressional District in this most recent election. Dr. Bowman is a combat veteran. He is a colonel in the Air Force where he flew 101 combat missions as a fighter pilot in Vietnam. He was the director of the Star Wars program, the Department of Defense Star Wars program under Presidents Ford and Carter. He's also served as a professor where he has has taught at five colleges and universities. 
He's been department head and assistant head. His PhD is in aeronautics and nuclear engineering from Caltech. He's uh, highly uh, informed and uh, in, a, in a very excellent position to share with us his knowledge tonight about why the events of 9-11 as they were presented to us could not possibly be true. Dr. Bob Bowman. What was going through the president's mind gets to the very important question that Jenna asked earlier about culpability and what do we believe and was this just something that dropped into their laps or whatever. We have, in attempting to answer this, we have three different kinds of information. And I'm not going to go into them. You've been exposed to a lot of them uh, tonight and, and will be to more of them. A lot of these pieces of information uh, taken together prove that the official story, the official conspiracy theory of 9-11 is a bunch of hogwash. It's impossible. <laughs> But they don't prove what really happened and who was responsible. But there's a second group of facts having to do with the cover-up. And, you know, these are a whole bunch of things like the confiscation of the surveillance tapes uh, of the uh, impact on the Pentagon, the uh, confiscation of the air traffic control voice uh, tapes. Uh, it goes on and on and on. Taken together, these things prove that high levels of our government don't want us to know what happened and who is responsible. And then there's a third set of facts that impinges on the president's thinking and all of that. These are the facts of what happened after 9-11. And this is a historical record. Uh, for example, uh, Ashcroft and his cronies got their Patriot Act, which takes away our civil liberties and trashes the Bill of Rights. Uh, Unical got its invasion of Afghanistan and uh, secured a route for oil and gas pipeline for a trillion dollars worth of gas from the Caspian Sea to the Indian Ocean. Cheney's Halliburton got no-bid contracts to support the troops in destroying Iraq and other contracts to rebuild it. And more importantly, all those PNAC guys, the, the, the neocons, got their invasion of Iraq. They got regime change in Iraq. So the questions come, who gained from 9-11? Who covered up crucial information about 9-11? And who put out the patently false stories about 9-11 in the first place? When you take those three things together, I think the case is pretty clear that it's highly placed individuals in the administration with all roads passing through Dick Cheney. I think the very kindest thing that we can say about George W. Bush and all the people in the in the U.S. government that have been involved in this massive cover-up, the very kindest thing we can say is that they were aware of the impending attacks and let them happen. Now, some people will say that's much too kind. However, even that is high treason and conspiracy to commit murder.
when we talk about the rest of this stuff, there's one thing I want us to keep in mind. If enough of the American people are stupid enough and manipulated enough to reelect this gang of thugs, then we, the true American patriots, will have no recourse but to continue pushing for a real investigation, perhaps by the Attorney General of New York City, who knows. An investigation telling the truth and leading to the indictment of these people. Their conviction, their removal from office, and their incarceration for a very long period of time. Who's the one with the most to gain? On 9-11, motherfuckers couldn't stand his name. Now even niggas waving flags like they lost their mind. Everybody got opinions, but don't know the time. Cause America's been took, it's plain to see. The oldest trick in the book is making enemy. A phony evil, so the government can do its dirt. And take away your freedom, lock and load, beat and search. Ain't nothing changed, but more colored people locked in prison. These pigs still beat us, but it seems we forgetting. But I remember 4 September, how these devils do it. Fuck Giuliani, ask Diallo how he doing. We in the streets, holler jail to the thief. Follow fuck, waving flags, bring these dragons to their knees. Oil, blood, money, make these killers ride cold. Suspicious suicide, people dying, never told. It's all a part of playing God, so you think we need them. While being Ashcroft, take away your rights to freedom. Bear witness to the sickness of these dictators. Hope you understand the time, brother, cause it's major. What would you do if you Thank you for listening. For more information, please go to CorbettReport.com.